Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. I actually think it is manufactured outrage. And look, I, I, I think when somebody throws a microphone in your face and, uh, and expects you to say something clever and witty, you know, 80% of the time we'll be fine. And then there's about 20, 25% there where you're, where you're going to say something stupid, trying too hard. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. <laughs> I'm Arch Campbell, and here we are once again trying to keep up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz, the classic radio voice, is in the production studio twiddling the knobs and getting us ready for our our appearance on Hound Internet Radio. Uh, The Oscars finally arrived this weekend, and so we turn to my favorite movie savants. First, all the way in Los Angeles where he covers entertainment for a variety of publications, including Observer.com, and where he teaches film at Emerson College. Here's our good friend, Oliver Jones. Yeah, Oliver. Yeah. (laughs) We want all the news on the vibe in LA. But first, joining Oliver, my great friend, the entertainment editor for WTOP Radio, film buff, screenwriter, and adjunct professor as well, Jason Fraley. And Jason, welcome hey. back. Hey, it's Oscar week, baby. Here we go. So here we are, Jason and Oliver. And let's start with first, the Oscars. Of course, the Oscars are on everybody's mind. But first, um, what are you watching? Jason, what are you watching that you like? Well, yeah, uh, before the Oscar conversation, um, I I just recently watched a movie called Windfall on Netflix. Um, yeah. Yeah, by, yeah. Uh, by the director Charlie McDowell, who's actually the son of uh, Malcolm McDowell um, oh, you know, from A Clockwork wow. Orange. Yeah. Um, but uh, it got kind of mixed reviews on, uh, you know, Rotten Tomatoes. Or, but um, but I, I actually really liked it. It's about, it's like a thriller, a little slow burn thriller. Jason Siegel. Um, plays this down in his luck sort of blue collar guy who breaks into a swanky vacation home, um, and o- only for you know while he's rummaging through the drawers, the cup <laughs> the couple comes home. Uh, it's a Jesse Plemons, you know, from uh, uh-huh. Power of the Dog, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, he's this tech billionaire, and his wife Lily Collins, uh, who's who's the director's wife in real life. Um, they they come home, and and it becomes this like hostage situation. This guy breaks into my house. Holy! <laughs> and you just sit down on the couch. Okay, but how about you, you let go of my wife first? And I've had to hold his hand. How does this open? Is there a trick to the purse? No. There's a clasp. And help him rob us. I want $150,000. You think that's enough? Yeah, I think you're probably going to want more than that. I thought it was really cool. I liked how McDowell patiently holds his shots. It's a little slow burn, but the thing I really loved the most was the, the music was very Hitchcockian. It felt like... Bernard Herrmann's Vertigo, which to me, I mean, I know there's been so many John Williams scores, great scores, but to me, Bernard Herrmann's Vertigo is the greatest movie score of all time. Maybe the greatest movie of all time. I might even go out there. But uh, yeah, there, there's specific points in Windfall that you'll say, wow, that's that's the Vertigo theme. <laughs> Oliver is salivating over uh, the mention of Windfall. I take it you love it as well. Uh, well, I, uh, I actually haven't seen it, but it sounds right up my alley. Uh, I like movies like that, but I, I, I want to say, I want to give a shout out for a moment before we start to discuss which of our favorite of these 
pretty good movies or very good movies that are going mm -hmm. to get a, an Oscar this weekend. I want to give a praise to really, really bad movies. And one in particular, <laughs> Deep Water, uh, that came out this yes. week. Um, yes. Which was interesting because such... I, I had to choose between Deep Water and Windfall, and I was about to hit Windfall, and instead I went for Deep Water. You took the plunge <laughs> into Deep Water. Uh, yeah. It is, it is was... a howler of the first order. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I don't remember I... laughing so hard at a movie that was not intending to be funny uh, in, in quite some time. You love me. Of course. You're not born. No. The fact that she's comfortable flaunting all these relationships around all of us, you're better than that. She's different. That's what I like about her. Uh, I mean, this was a knee slapper. It's, well, just slow and uh, uh, Hitchcock light, uh, based on a Patricia Highsmith story. Uh, you know, who it wrote so absurd. On the you really have not lived until you've seen Ben Affleck raising snails. <laughs> He's raising snails and his wife, who's this hot hottie, Al what's her name? Alma de Armas, beautiful yeah. uh, Cuban actress. She's having all these affairs. And every time I don't think I'm giving too much away, whenever she has a new boyfriend, he goes out and kills him. <laughs> oh my god so if, if Hitch, hitchcock stuff was nail biters this is a snail biter it's, a snail biter. There you go. it's just so absurd uh and it really it, to me it took me back to the golden days of uh showgirls you know where we could see a really bad movie and just laugh with our friends and just enjoy um how rip-roaringly ridiculous it was. Uh, well, you know, it reminded me of the days when, like, the uh, it would play at, like, screen number seven at the yeah. Cineplex Sodia. <laughs> and there'd be three Definitely people brought you in back there. To the, you know, to the late uh, 90s, early 2000s, uh, when we had these kinds of cheesy movies uh, to enjoy. Uh, and, and, and God bless it, you know, I, I've been watching so much quality cinema. It just was good for my soul to see something that just uh, stunk the joint up. Well, so I'm with you, Jason. I'm gonna. I'm. I've got windfall in my queue because I have a feeling that it goes beyond the uh, hostage drama. That there's a tinge of comedy to it and a couple of twists that I think I'm gonna like. I, I'm curious what you think because I've gotten very mixed feedback on it. Some people say it was too slow, but I thought Jesse Plemons is just so deliciously douchey, if I can say, <laughs> if I can say that. It becomes it becomes like a 99% versus the one percent, uh -huh. you know, like a class yeah, divide yeah. kind of a thing. So I I thought I appreciated it. Okay, well, I, I I'm there. I'm I'm going to try it. I got to admit that I got hooked on the Gilded Age. Would you all like to throw tomatoes at me? Oh, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but it, Arch, it's totally fine. You know, whatever your comfort food I, is. You know, it's Carrie Coon. I love her. And it's the 1890s. And basically, they're the Vanderbilts. They're trying to break into society. New York is a collection of villages. The old have been in charge since before the revolution until the new people invaded. Well, I'm new. I've only just arrived. You are my niece, and you belong to old New York. It's very light going, but just had the season finale. And, you know, I, I watched the first one, thought it stunk. 
And so I watched the second one, and I just, I got hooked. The fact that Arch is watching the Gilded Age indicates to me that it's too cold to play golf uh, right now uh, where you live. Uh, that, that has to be the only nice. ex explanation of this. I could not get past that first episode, Arch. Uh, and all I can say is uh, you need to take up some hobbies. <laughs> Yeah, you could join. This is your segue, Arch. Here you go. You're golfing. You could join the PGA Golf Tour or the PGA Awards. Boom. Now we go to the Oscars. <laughs> there you go. PGA Awards were this weekend and uh, CODA won. And I think we can call that a surprise and an indication. Is this going to be CODA's year at the Oscars? So, yeah, I mean, anyone that's listened to this podcast, all, all four of you, all three of you mm -hmm, gentlemen mm -hmm, uh, know mm -hmm. that I've been, that was my number one uh, movie of the year. I just, it was yes. the one movie that I could uh, recommend to pretty much anybody, family, friends, critics, everything. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I've been pleased to watch it. I mean, it, it, I, it, was, it was a little bit of a surprise because, you know, Power of the Dog was sort of the front runner for most of this time. Mm -hmm. e even mm -hmm. after Coda, I was saying Coda would win um, at SAG, um, which it did. But even after that, you know, sometimes SAG will get, you know, Hidden Figures or Black Panther. You know, sometimes it'll win for, at SAG for the cast, but then doesn't win Best Picture. So a lot of people still weren't giving Coda much of a shot. Rose and flows of angel hair. And ice cream castles in the air. I'm telling you, right before, if you check my Twitter, right before the <laughs> PGA, I said, I think it's gonna, I think Coda's gonna upset at the Producers Guild and at the Writers Guild. And a bunch of people, you know, quote tweeted me and said I was crazy. So I'm not gonna say I was right, but I was right. <laughs> Guys, here's a clip of Marley Matlin through an interpreter talking about the movie. I hope that audiences will realize, and I trust that they will, when watching Coda, that they'll understand that there are so many stories to tell in the deaf community. This film operates on so many levels. Each person, regardless of the background, can identify with the film, whether they're deaf, or they love fishing, or they're all about family, or they're all about parenting, they're all about music, they're all about coming of age, following your dreams, following your hopes. It's a movie for everybody, and that's what I hope everybody will take away. I'm feeling a surge for it. Uh, all I can say is that the, the vitriol around these movies at this awards season is such that I've started to um, take a break from the Oscar race to, to concentrate on the Supreme Court uh, hearings because you know, it's much tribal and political. Uh, you know, less vitriol is being, being spread. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is that um, as soon as that happened, then everyone started once again to talk about all the problems they had with Coda, and and before when when Power of the Dog was having a lot of momentum, everyone was talking about all the problems they had with that movie. Yeah. You know, the movies this year, uh, Power of the Dog is both um, promoting a gay agenda and homophobic, right? I mean, uh, I, everyone has a problem with one of these movies. Uh, I I just I'm I'm grateful that it's that it's this weekend. I wish it was today. I wish it was right now. I wish this was the Oscar. Yeah, I wish it was January thirty first. Yeah, yeah I mean, way I, overdue. And, and basically, the way the Oscars are going now, we could be handing out uh, Oscars right now in the telecast. The way that they're going <laughs> for presenters. Uh, I mean, the whole the whole thing has become a little bit ridiculous. Uh, but at the same time, I guess kind of fun. I mean, the horse race aspect of it, if if you like that sort of thing. But it has really introduced this tribalism around these movies. I guess that's always been there, but it feels particularly virulent this year. Yeah, I think it's because of social media. Just everyone has a, a, a megaphone now. 
And uh, but I'm with you. I'm with you, um, Oliver. It's that I, I hate this trend of like whatever's the front runner. That means right. the other the other two or three slot movies must be trash. No, like uh, they're they're all at this point for a reason. They're all really yeah. really good movies and well made, etc. And you know, I think it all depends on your taste whether you appreciate you know more of a script movie or more of an acting movie or more of a directing movie. Power of the Dogs a directing movie. So like. Yeah, like I, I, it depends what camp you're in, but I don't think that it can't be this, um, you know, polarized thing where uh, suddenly the other movies are terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is one other. I don't know if I'd call it an issue, but uh, a trend involving Coda and Power of the Dog, and that is uh, Coda is on Apple TV and barely got a theatrical release, and Power of the Dog is on Netflix. And I think debuted on Netflix. Yep. Uh, and so if when one of those films, if one of those films wins the Best Picture Oscar, that is making a uh, somewhat of a historical change. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I think that's ba basically true. I mean, in, in some respects, we're looking at a new world order. And I think part of, you know, uh, Jason mentioned just the nature of... Um, social media, but it's also the nature of things we watch on our television, right? We get a lot more mm -hmm. attached to them mm -hmm. and they're much more like members of our family. Like the television is where we have a, you know, we used to have like a doily that grandma made and a picture <laughs> of the family, right? It's much more like a member of our family. So when somebody is insulting a movie that we watched on television, it's like insulting your grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, so people are a lot more personal uh, about, about it, I think, because of the streaming. I mean, and, and also a lot more people are involved in the conversation because, you know, more people watch Netflix and uh, Apple Plus than go to the movies. Oh, wow. The, I never thought, Oliver, you just coined a new phrase. Fil it, we all, we've all we been talking about film versus television, but now it's dailies versus doilies. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's such a good, it's a great point. And, and it would be a huge um, win by Apple. Uh, but I think, I think to me, the way I look at it, if, if Coda does land the upset, you know, here, here we're talking about this, watch Power of the Dog or even Belfast come in and win and all this goes out the window. But um, if Coda does win, I think the reason would be that I think the Academy is more willing to reward a movie like Coda that's an independently produced film that played traditionally at a film festival, you know, it won Sundance and then was yeah. purchased there for distribution by a right. Apple. Yeah. Yeah, which is what Nomad was, Nomadland was last year. Hulu bought it, but you know it, it premiered that traditional route, as opposed to a Netflix original like Power of the Dog, which is produced by the streamer. I feel like the traditional Hollywood studios feel more threatened by Netflix, uh, which I think Mudbound might still aroma. I mean, they, they've had some really good mm -hmm. ones in the past, but um, I, I think I think if Coda does pull it out, I think that might be it. As well as it's you know it, it's maybe it shows that people wanted an uplifting film during the pandemic and war and all that, you know, to me, I movie think you're absolutely right. I think in some respects, Coda, uh, like um, as much as it represents something new, it also represents something traditional, right? You go to Sundance to buy your big award movie and, and, and outbid everyone else, you know, to, uh, to get your chariot that will take you through the whole year. You know, it looked like that wasn't going to work for this movie. It looked like it peaked too early. Uh, and uh, and the buzz wasn't really there, but then it came back in a in a in a flurry, and and I think in some respects it's gonna you know, I think it's exciting because it reinvigorates the marketplace for these art and independent movies uh, mm -hmm. at these um, film festivals. 
You know, uh, I think it means a great deal when a Sundance movie becomes a front runner at the Oscars. And I want to talk about that really quick because in recent years, you know, a lot of times Toronto, which is like in September, Toronto Film Fest, um, you know, some of those movies will go on to win Best Picture because it's closer to award season. It's the beginning of award season in many ways. But Sundance is so early in the year. It's literally like January. It's been a year since Coda, you know, premiered on last January at Sundance. Um, I could be wrong. You might have to check me, but I would, would Coda might be the first Sundance champ that actually goes the distance because Little Miss Sunshine came close, but it lost to the Departed. Right. But think of all the really good ones in recent years, like Beasts of the Southern Wild or Fruitvale Station or Short Term mm-hmm. 12 or all those movies, like they weren't able to do it. So if Coda goes the distance, it, 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 we would have the underdog angle of, you know, Apple stream or that whole thing. But we also would have this bizarre it took this long for a sundance champ to do it that's crazy to me so just one comment uh uh, is this the end of theatrical (laughs) i kind of feel like you ask me that question every week you're trying to get out of going to the avalon it sounds like just open your wallet and go to the movies art i you know keep them alive I would I I would like to think movie theaters will always be around and uh we we've seen with you know Spider-Man and the Batman we've seen the superhero movies uh, have not really been affected by pandemic and and the cha- and streaming and stuff yet but uh but yeah it seems that a lot of the other kind of movies are are are, are kind of going the way of television maybe the doily theory the of <laughs> Oliver <laughs> Forever known as Doily Theory. Yes. Um, what they say in Billy Madison, O'Doyle rules, O'Doyle rules. <laughs> yeah. So no, are mean, we predicting that Coda will win the Best Picture Oscar? I, I'm going to say it. I'm gonna, I mean, I know no one wants to go out on that limb. And, and uh, even a week or two ago, people, Arch was getting laughed at on this podcast. Uh, yeah. for, for, mere, for merely mentioning it, we were being thrown to the wolf. But um, no, I... I really, I, I, I think it will. Um, it, it, I think Power of the Dog or maybe even Belfast got it. I think anything. It's Belfast possible. could, and you know, and if Belfast wins, that's a theatrical and only a theatrical. So you know, that's that's sticking with the old school. I'm gonna go ahead and pick Coda because to me, um, I think it's gonna be a split. I think Jane Campion gets Power of the Dog, and it could be for for director. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. and it could be like when George Stevens won for Giant for Best Director, but that was like all it didn't get Best Picture. Um, but I think Coda sometimes with Best Picture, I think we want mo- movies can be a verb where movie we want movies that move us, especially at these really hard pandemic times. And Coda's sort of that movie where you can go home on Thanksgiving and like. Everyone, all your family can be like, "Oh, that was a wonderful movie." Rather than rather than being <laughs> rather than having to look your uncles in the eye and they say, "I didn't get that movie," as you as we as we <laughs> critics, you know, shuffle our feet. Well, and the table. that is very often what's said about Power of the Dog. Yeah. What the hell was that? <laughs> I've right. heard that more than too many times. Especially if your uncle is Sam Elliott. Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you tell me, uh, uh, Jason, if uh, Coda wins, would it be a winner with the fewest number of nominations? I mean, it's got three total. um, And that feels like a very small amount. Um, It's right up there. I think what Grand Grand Hotel won, I think it was all it had was, and then we're talking like 1932. Yeah. I think Grand Hotel like was. That sounds right. Was only one. I think it was only nominated for best picture and one best picture, I think. So I think mm. that would be a, a case of fewer, of fewer 
But yeah, it, it's pretty, it'd be pretty on, you know, close to unprecedented. And I think, um, but to me, I think it takes it. I think the path it takes is it's going to win adapted screenplay because it's adapted from a foreign film, actually. Um, I think it wins adapted screenplay and Troy Kotzer for supporting. And then that propels it to uh, for best picture. But so if, if, if James, if Power the Dog wins screenplay, then then that could be a, 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 bar, a harbinger that it wins best picture. Well, as they say in Grand Hotel, oh no, that's dinner at eight. Goodness had nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quoting the wrong movie. Grand Hotel was, I want to be alone with my one Oscar nominee. Yes. <laughs> so I, I'm, I, I'm picking Coda. What's your guys' pick? I'm there. I'm, I want Coda to win, and I think it will win. And I think uh, if it doesn't win... I wouldn't be surprised if Belfast wins in an upset, but I'm going Coda. I've, I well, feel the, the love. There is some precedent for um, for Belfast because it won the Audience Award at the Toronto mm. Film Festival, which uh, tends to be a harbinger for Best Picture. There's also the idea that this sort of kind of family-friendly, touching movies could kind of split the vote, you know, yeah. and, the, and the more challenging, arty film could kind of... Uh, um, you know, sneak in. Um, so, going by that theory, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be the um, you know the the pebble in your cornflakes and say um, uh, the power of the dog. Yeah, I mean it's very it's very possible. It's very I mean it it has been the front runner. It is the last. I mean it it would fit more of the last two years of the Nomadland Parasite model. Right, they, they, right, the Academy has right. expanded. Uh, has gotten more international. A little more risk taking with its picks. Um, I, I just sort of have a theory that like every three years, the pendulum swings back to a little bit more of a traditional heart warmer, but you know, cause we have Coda, this, we had Nomadland Parasite, but before that it was Green Book, remember? Green Book, um, which right. Which was more of that yeah. traditional, uh, up uplifting kind of a, a path. Um, and before that we had the more arty Shape of Water Moonlight, and, uh, before that mm. Spotlight, which was a little more of a traditional movie. Um, before that, it was Birdman, 12 Years a Slave, which were the already ones. But Argo was before that. So I think it moves almost in like a three-year cycle, but I could be wrong. And so, yeah, I will say that they're still complaining about Green Book. <laughs> well, <laughs> still uh, they're still complaining about, about Argo. But, um, <laughs> so I, you're uh, in L.A., Oliver, though. Are you feeling the love for Coda or not? I, I, I would say, uh, you know, like I said, I think it uh, it reinforces this traditional uh, marketplace view of this that you can that, that you can purchase the, your your winners like a um you know like you can purchase a Kentucky Derby yeah. Uh, yeah. champion you know so I think in some respects the town is kind of pulling for it in that way but but what it doesn't have is um, critics right uh, uh, critics are uh, seem to complain about it um, which is um, which is surprising to me, you know, so uh, critics tend to be uh, behind the, the, the campion film, which I feel like has less momentum from the town, perhaps, you know, so it's an, it, there's an interesting tension happening here, you know, uh, and of course, critics and prognosticators drive the conversation, but sort of like, you know, in, the, in, in, in uh, electoral politics, the Twitter conversation doesn't always reflect what happens in the ballot box. In you fact, know, and, I think and, it's um, I think it's a lot of times a mere fraction of what's actually going on. Oh, I sometimes yeah. not even that. Yeah. yeah. But, I, you know, and, and I don't think that voters necessarily participate in this uh, in this uh, conversation. But, you know, 
I just wanted to be over Arch. I, I started <laughs> I started this Oscar season looking yes. like Andrew Garfield, yes. and now I look like Tony Kotzer. Uh, <laughs> it's just gone on forever. Well, I, I agree I, with you on that. Well, I think what's really cool though is wh whether it's Coda or or Power of the Dog. You know, we're going back and forth on one of these winning. You know, let's take a step back and think. These are two movies directed by women, Jane Campion mm -hmm. and C. Henner. I mean, oh, that's, yes. That's, so either way, any and if it's a, if it's one of those split nights where one wins picture and one wins director, I mean that's a a pretty uh you know female centric Oscars. And we're pretty yeah. much going with Jane Campion as best director for Power of the Dog. She and I think that really is a reflection on her career too. I mean she's she's got the goods. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I mean I would love to see what Oliver thinks too, but I think so. There's you know. It's one of those where once you know once you know the ending, then you can go back and and pull up certain scenes and see you know see the mm -hmm. visual visual foreshadowing going on. There's a lot. Of I had to watch it twice. I I to, in order to do that. I mean, you're right on the money. The power of the dog. Well, I just and Jane Campion is a, such a talented. I mean, she, yeah, she was nominated for the piano years ago. Lost to Spielberg and Schindler's List. But so this would be like you're saying the career win as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think it's like I don't think she derailed herself too much at what was what was the awards? Was it uh, DGA? No, what was oh, the award? Uh, the uh, Critics Choice. Critics Choice Awards. Critics, critics Choice. They were, critics yeah. Choice. She compared her win to the to the Williams sisters she said I, I don't have to I don't I don't I she said I have to compete against the guys which was um I I do I think her heart was probably in the right place I think it was just like a a, a flub I think she was trying to say you know we're, we're these you know females trying to make it in, in uh male dominated uh, sports and, and movies but it came out very bad and uh but um I, I think it, everybody's it, forgotten yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll matter. It, it was ironic because all the actors in that room could say the same thing because gen, gen, what, acting categories are the are the last uh, gender divided thing, which is uh, very ironic. Oliver looks irritated. Oh, no, no, <laughs> that's my resting face arch. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, um, you know, it, I, I think that it was probably, you know, it was a, it was certainly a flub of a statement. But, uh, you know, I think she also feels it every day. You know, I, I think that a lot of the dialogue around that movie was had a sort of hidden misogyny to it, you know, and I, I think that um, and, and I think that it is very exciting that what Jason points out about the, the possibility of um, uh, this historic Oscars uh, regarding um, women directors. And that, well, and, and uh, what Jason's also saying is the uh, the female director of CODA didn't even yeah. get nominated and yeah, yet now everyone strange. has discovered that film and thinks it's the best movie they've seen uh, of the nominees well we we forget we also have paul thomas anderson in that category who mm -hmm. is um sort of do you remember how it took so long for spielberg to get his oscar right yeah you know it's yeah. like um the wonder child of hollywood uh, but yeah. uh, the, the academy didn't quite warm to him right and we sort I, of see that uh, playing out a little bit. Uh, I just, I wish Licorice Pizza was better. I wish, I wish it was, I wish it was better. Yeah, well, I think, uh, again, I think people were probably more taken with the screenplay uh, and it probably has a better mm -hmm. chance at the screenplay. Um, but I enjoyed the movie uh, a lot, uh, especially um, uh, the lead uh, performance, uh, which yeah, I felt yeah. could have gotten nominated. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I think, I think you're spot on, Oliver. I think, 
Yeah, the the wonder child of Hollywood, Paul Thomas Anderson. I think uh, original screenplay might be where he finally gets you know the Oscar statue in his hand. But I, but I don't know. Late, lately, I, what? Don't look up one at WGA for original. But I oh, I actually God. think I actually think Brana might oh. win for Belfast for original. Don't screenplay. look up. So. Don't throw up. <laughs> God, I hate it. Oh that. my gosh, Arch, that was vintage. Um, <laughs> I can remember I can remember when I was a kid watching um Arch on NBC and the movie was a James Garner film called Tank. You're the only one in the US Army who owns his own fully operational Sherman tank for one thing. Are you kidding me? I thought everybody had one of these. And uh, Arch's <laughs> review was no tank you. Uh, and... <laughs> I was like, wow, to sum up that movie with three words and get everything we needed out of it. I will never forget no thank you, Arch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind of you. So is this Will Smith's year? Is he uh, the our guy for best actor or will it be Benedict Cumberbatch? I I think it I think it's Big Willie style. I think Will Smith gets it this year. He's uh he- I think it's this year. He's won. I mean, he's won everything yeah. else, right? Baf does, yeah. yeah. you know, if we were worried about a repeat of, you know, Anthony Hopkins upsetting Chadwick Boseman like last year, I think uh, that those doubts kind of went away when Will Smith won at BAFTA. So, I, yeah, I mean, and he, he won everything. He won SAG. He's yeah. So I think I think he's on on the march to win it. And and, and good for him. He's I've I've loved his work for for years. Uh, actually, you're talking about growing up, Oliver, and watching Arch. My family had a tradition, like over the Christmas holiday every year, we'd go see the newest Will Smith movie. You know, it'd be oh, yeah, right. Pursuit, of, Pursuit yeah. of Happiness is coming out, or I Am Legend is coming out. And so he's just been a beloved box office favorite for so many years. Independence Day, Men in Black, etc. And he should have, he could have won for Ali uh, if, if it won the same year as Denzel's, you know, riveting Training Day performance. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. But yeah, I, so I think Will finally gets it. It's a career Oscar. You go with Will. It's also, uh, of the recognition of one of the great campaigners. I mean, I was at an early event for for King Richard, where he, you know, he gave a speech and he talked about how he developed Richard's way of walking. And he was like, "Well, you know, this mm-hmm. this was a guy who was beaten down as a kid all the time, you know, from racist attacks, you know, growing up in the South. So he learned his sort of shuffle and walk, you know, from from thinking about that. And, and when I saw him explain that, I sort of saw this kind of look of awe." you know, in the audience's eyes. And I just thought to myself, man, he was born for this. You know, he is he is campaigning for this perfectly. Benedict Cumberbatch is just not, you know, warm and cuddly uh, in the same way. Um, and I, so I just think that not only is it a career Oscar, but it's one of the great Oscar campaigners who's put on a, a terrific campaign. So I'm struggling with best actress because I really didn't like the films and the and the performances that were nominated. And I'm supposing that it's going to boil down to Jessica Chastain or Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman's in being the Ricardos doing Lucy. Lucy. I hated that. Jessica Chastain, the eyes of Tammy Faye. They look like a lifetime TV movie <laughs> to me. The Lost Daughter with Olivia Colman. I hated that. Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers. Didn't even see it. <laughs> Somebody Kristen get this man on the golf course. Um, <laughs> Kristen Stewart and Spencer. 
Okay, I, all right. Hold your I, tongue, Arch. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you guys badmouth Spencer anymore. I've done it too many times on this podcast. I went to the theater to see that and hated it. Hey, so I'll, hey Oliver, has Kristen Stewart... I'm curious. You're in L.A. Has Kristen Stewart been the equivalent of the you know the will smith oscar campaigner that you're talking about has she been yes, out there she definitely she's definitely been working uh the mm. uh she's definitely been working the events you know she did a big event up in santa barbara uh where she spoke she's really um you know and i don't think it's easy for her you know uh, for for will smith it's the second language right you know for her it's really challenging and she's really worked hard at it you well, know and uh, I, I think that uh, um you uh, know that's oh, worth noting. Uh, I, I think that I'm the winner Kristen is Stewart. Be... Oh. Uh, well, uh, let me suck <laughs> my thumb. What do you think, Jason? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree because that was the SAG winner. And I think, um, ironically, ten. this would be the 10-year anniversary of uh, Zero Dark Thirty. So I think that's your winner. Mm -hmm. so Jessica Chastain. Yeah, 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 I'll go with her. I'll go with her. She gave uh, Tammy Faye Baker humanity. Yeah. yeah, I just wish the movie was, you know, uh, was comparable to her performance. Yeah. It, yeah. It, is, it is the hardest category to call. I can see why we're struggling with it because it's, it's, there's, there's no, there's been no clear winners really in the previous shows. Uh, you know, it's been a little all over the place. And also the and, movies. And like we hard. mentioned last time, none of the movies are nominated for picture. So it's just, it's hard to, um, you know, kind of gauge momentum on it as well. And what makes and, me more mad about it is what, that would have been a perfect spot for um, for Tessa Thompson for passing to get in there. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? Yeah. And Ruth Negga for supporting. But uh, or, right. or, or even Emilia Jones. I know Archie Emilia Jones down. really deserves some uh, recognition. Uh, speaking of deserving recognition, this podcast comes to you on Hound Radio as part of the Cats podcasting system. And here's a break for Hound. Well, you know, Hound Radio, guys, has a prize bowl. Get it? Ooh. Bowl. Hound Radio Bowl. Anyway, we're giving away. <laughs> I'm stretching on that one. I'm working on it. But yeah. anyway, we're giving away DVD Blu-ray packets of the, the movie Sing 2, the animated family movie. Ooh. It has voices yeah. of, with uh, Matthew McConaughey, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Reese Witherspoon. The list just goes on and on. Guys, we're on right now. No. Stop. I need big shows, big ideas. Hey, I have a big one. And all folks have to do is just go by the website, Hound Radio website, houndradio.com, and uh, just register there. It's really easy, and we'll send you out one. Okay, so we've got about five minutes left. Uh, first, uh, what do we expect from the Oscars show this Sunday night? Oh, to put a bow, on, I think Troy Kotzer is going to win for supporting actor for Coda, and Ariana DeBose right. is going to win for West Side Story supporting. They, yeah. Those are all I, I, but, um, I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, but in terms of the broadcast, I uh, there's three hosts. Uh, I think that's I, I I don't like that they trimmed all of the or put the a bunch of those technical categories in the pre telecast. I I, I get what Tim Gordon is saying as as someone who is to program festivals it must be really hard and and you you probably want to shorten the show it is too daggone long i agree but i was talking with russell williams who you know the two-time oscar winning sound mm -hmm. recorder for yeah. uh, glory and dance with wolves and he he call he calls the categories the irate eight <laughs> <laughs> because the, he said he he said it's like a, you know an offensive lineman on the football team they never get the credit and this is their one time too and i was particularly upset for like 
Um, we interview, there's, there's a film up for documentary short this year from our area. It's called audible. Um, mm -hmm. it's about the Maryland school for the deaf football team. It's actually filmed right down the street from me in Frederick. And, um, uh, you know, they were so excited that the school for the deaf was going to plan these Oscar viewing parties. And now they're not even yeah. going to be, you know, well, I guess they're going to pre-tape a, a, a montage, I guess, but it's still not going to be as cool to watch it live. So we don't spend a lot of time in this country talking about art or craft. You know, and an evening dedicated to craftspeople and to artistic vision is not the worst thing in the world. You know, we spend so much time watching football and watching basketball. I mean, you watch the last two minutes of an NCAA tournament game. It's yeah. about as long as the Oscars, you know, uh, so we can we can put up with it. And and the fact that the uh, Academy is constantly chasing, you know, some jock you know dude with his head uh with his baseball cap backwards you know to be their ideal um you know viewing mate when here we are you know happily watching the show for years all us nerds and and art lovers it's just it's just bizarre to me and it makes me a lot less excited about the evening overall i i, I will admit well uh i think the oscars are in a different place uh, but they're still important and we still follow them and uh and we there are a couple of other washington connections um arch i'm reading your mind i know you're thinking regina hall the actress who's uh, uh grew up in dc and used to sell tickets at the mazza theater when oh it first goodness. opened i think wanda and, sykes uh, got her start doing stand-up in dc too wanda sykes has a dc connection so so there is that and uh, you know, I'll watch. I hope it's over by eleven o'clock. I think that I think they should do that. And and you got a hot date, Arch? Is that why? <laughs> I got a hot date with a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so I've asked you two guys to come back next week, and we'll compare notes. So on that note. Let's watch the Oscars, and I'll see Oliver Jones and Jason Fraley next week with Lou Caps. And until then, our I'm looking forward to it, gentlemen. See you next week. See ya. I'll be watching on a doily. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.